All right, so we're in a series called Kryptonite. Spencer kicked it off last week, and uh, even though I'm wearing Captain America, I gotta be honest, he's not my favorite superhero. I know I just broke a couple hearts, but I am curious who your favorite superhero is. Like, if you could be any one of them, who would you be? Would you be Spider-Man? Anyone be Spider-Man? You say, that's, that's my, that's Spider-Man. Okay, Iron Man, have any Iron Man people? Captain America? Wonder Woman? Couple guys, all right, all right. Yeah, I figured, I figured, all right. Uh, what, Batman, did I say Batman already? All right, uh, what else we got? Flash? We got a couple Flash, Flash what? Black Panther, all right, Black Panther, I don't know what he does. Thor? Thor? All right, we got a crush on Thor, apparently. That's what I heard, all right. All right, my favorite, my, my favorite, how many of you guys would be Superman? <laughs> Superman can do anything all the rest of those guys could do. Iron Man needs a stinking suit to fly, all right? I don't want to hear it. Superman has lasers that come out of his eyes. You can't beat Superman, all right? But hey, here's the deal. We're talking about kryptonite because here's the truth. Every superhero has a weakness. Every superhero has a weakness. Now, we're not talking just about superheroes. Obviously, there's a whole lot more to this than that, but here's the truth for you and for me. If you are a Christian, then you have supernatural power because you have God literally inside of you. But here's the problem, even though that's true, even though that's true, all of us have this kryptonite. We all have these things in our life that cause us, just like you saw Superman there, the kryptonite, little gas stuff, got him right? And then all of a sudden, Superman, who's more powerful than anyone, who could have completely destroyed Batman and still could today, by the way, if you think Batman's better, he's not. But with that kryptonite, all of a sudden, Superman takes a swing and Batman just goes and blocks it, right? Because even though he had all that supernatural power, and I know that's fake and we're talking about something that's real, because of that kryptonite, because of that one weakness that he had, it affected his ability to tap into his supernatural power. And all of us, if you're a Christian, you have God living inside of you, you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you, and you have the ability to live and to walk in that supernatural power but we all have that kryptonite, those things that get in the way that cause us to not be able to access, to not be able to tap into, to not be able to walk fully in the power that God has given us. It's not that sin causes us, all of a sudden God leaves us, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about something different, but here's the thing, there's things that we walk into that cause us to not be able to walk in the Spirit. So the question is, what is your kryptonite? We're looking at a couple over these couple of weeks in this series, but what is your kryptonite? What are some of the things that cause you to not be able to walk in the spirit? To not be able to walk with God to the fullest of your ability, to everything, with everything that you have, and I wanna, I wanna propose that every one of us has the one we're talking about tonight. You might have said last week, you know, I don't really feel like that's, that's my thing. Next week you might be like, I'm not sure that that's my thing. Although probably all of us at times would fit into both last week and, and next week. But today I think that every one of us would have to say that this is one for us. At a time in our life, every one of us would have to say this, and it's pride. If you're taking notes, write it real big. P-R-I-D-E, pride, write it real big. 
right on the top. Write it real big. If you're not taking notes, that's okay. Put it in your mind. P-R-I-D-E. Pride is a really big one that affects us all. Listen to this, James chapter four. I have a lot of scripture. It's not gonna come up on the screen tonight, but I want all of you to hear this. And I want you guys to see how much the Bible talks about pride and why this is such a big deal because the Bible talks about it all the time. James chapter four says, what is causing quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? Everybody say you, you. And then it says this, you want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it from them. There's a key word that stands out there, right? You, 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 now let's turn it around and make it personal, right? It's saying, me, I. I want what I don't have. I want what others have. And so I begin to scheme on how I can get these things. I, 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 I. The verse four says, you adulterers, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? I say it again, if you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. If you want to be a friend of the world, you are going to make yourself an enemy of the God. And then it says this in verse six, God opposes the proud. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't want to be on the opposite side. If God is on this team, I don't want to be standing on the other side fighting a war against him. I don't want to be fighting that battle. But here's what it says. It says, when we are prideful, when we are proud, not just proud, like sometimes I'll say something to some of you guys, man, I'm so proud of you. So proud of you. That's not the kind of pride we're talking about. I'm talking about the kind of pride where it's me, me, me. Pride is me. Me-centered, I'm important, it's all about me, that kind of pride. And it says, when we do that, God opposes the proud. Now, there's a lot of hard transitions in your life, and some of you are going through those transitions right now. If you're in sixth grade or ninth grade, raise your hand. Sixth grade or ninth grade, raise your hand. I know we got some of you, all right. Now, if you are in eighth grade or 12th grade, raise your hand, eighth grade or 12th grade, a lot of you. All right, so those first group, you guys are kind of in the middle still of that transition, right? You just moved to middle school or high school, and then the next group, you're about to move into high school or into college, or gap year, or whatever you decide to do, right? And these are really difficult transitions. I remember those transitions. One of the reasons they're difficult is because you can be a really big deal in your elementary school, and then you go to middle school and no one knows you or cares about you. Because all of a sudden, all these elementary schools are like coming together, right? And then you might become a really big deal in in middle school, and then you go to high school and nobody really cares anymore, again. And by the way, if you thought it was bad, and a lot of people deal with this because they're always trying to prove how, how actually they are important in some form or fashion. And if you thought it was bad, wait till you go to college. Especially if you go to a, a pretty big college. Because not only does nobody care about you, they don't even know you're there. Like, they will walk across campus and you will walk across campus and there's like 40,000 other people so they don't even really care that you're there. Like, in the, in the school hallways, like, people might care because you're in their way, right? But in college, there's a whole campus they can walk on, a whole campus you can walk on, so they don't even really care. 
And then, by the way, once you go from, you know, your little elementary school to your little bit bigger middle school to your little bit bigger high school to maybe your bigger college. Some of you guys might go to a smaller college. That's okay. Whatever it is. And then you go whatever size college or whatever you end up doing. Then you go just kind of what we call the real world, right? Adulting, right? We go into that. Here's what happens. Again, nobody cares. It's not about you. And you begin to realize that you are not solar, which means that the world doesn't revolve around you. And every one of us needs to have that moment where we experience that we are not solar. The world doesn't revolve around us, but for most of us, the reason we can't do that is because of this one thing called pride. And by the way, if you wrote those word, that word real big on the top of your page, what's right in the middle of pride? I. I. So make it even bolder, more bold, whatever the word is. Make it super bold. I is right in the middle. The problem with pride is that I'm in the middle of it. The problem with pride is that you are in the middle of it. Now, I know that doesn't make sense in the letter, but the problem with pride is that I'm in the middle of it, and you say that for yourself too. The problem with pride is we are right in the middle. Here's what Psalm 138 verse 6 says. Says the Lord is great, he cares for the humble, but he keeps his distance from the proud. Proverbs 16, 18 says, first pride, then crash. The bigger the ego, the harder the fall. Some of you guys have heard it. Some of you guys have heard it before. Pride comes before a fall, or another translation says destruction, right? Now I wanna tell you a story about when I had one of these falls. I told this a long time ago, but I don't think any of you guys know this or were even here maybe when I said it. When I was in, uh, when I was in first grade, I, got to do, I was so good at it, I got to do it twice. Um, I did first grade twice. Uh, actually, it's because I wanted to go to school with my older brother and sister, so my parents let me go a little bit earlier than they wanted to, and then I wanted to go to lunch. So they let me go a little bit earlier, and, uh, and they had plans to keep me back. That's what I like to tell people, all right? Um, but I went to first grade twice. The, the second year, I was in this uh, first and second split class. Any of you guys have that kind of stuff in, in elementary school where you had split classes? All right, so I was a first grader in, in a first and second split class, which means that I got to go to recess with all the second graders. And it was awesome. I got to do all the second grade learning and all that kind of stuff. And so I actually got ahead in my schooling and stuff. But I got to go to recess with the second graders. Now, it was a big deal for me because I was just a first grader and I knew it. But I got to go to, to recess with the second grade hotties, right? And so for me, when I was in uh, first grade, that's kind of like when I started realizing there was like an opposite, you know, sex. And, I, and, I, and not like I was, you know, really, uh, the girls still had cooties at that time, but for some reason there was something in me that wanted to impress them, and one day I'm running across the, the playground, right? And so the playground is kind of over here, like this is where all the rocks, in it, back in those days it was rocks, not the mulch and soft stuff for the kids today, uh, but we had rocks and swing set and slides and all that kind of stuff, and then out there were the fields. And so I'm running because, you know, all of the kids, and for me, I thought I was cool because like, I like to play the sports, right? And so I'm, I'm gonna go out to the sports field. And so I'm running as fast as I can, I'm going, and I'm thinking, all right, these second grade hotties are swinging over here, and they're probably like, ooh, look at that boy, He's so cute. He might be in first grade, but ooh. You know, I, they weren't, okay? But I was thinking that, in my mind, 
I was thinking this. I remember this like to the T, all right? So I remember there, I'm thinking they are watching me and I'm just looking straight at the field and I must look so good with my hair flowing in the wind and stuff because I had longer hair. And actually it was like hairspray, so it probably wasn't moving at all. But, but I'm, I'm, I'm running with everything I got and then all of a sudden something happens. Like I'm thinking about them looking at me and something happens. Yeah, that's exactly right. Boom. In slow motion. I mean, I, I feel it in slow motion, right? And I'm going, 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 going all the way down. I am full sprint biting it on the concrete. And right before I hit the ground, I don't know how I did this. I duck my head, do a somersault, keep running like nothing ever happened. Yeah, you want to see it? I'll do it. No. <laughs> do it again. Yeah, right. But here's the, here's the funny thing. So I get out there and I'm like, they probably thought that was on purpose. But the truth was, they didn't think it was on purpose. And I get out to the field. I'm trying to act all cool and stuff. Yeah, guys, you know, let's play soccer, whatever we're playing that day. Trying to act all cool. And then I get out there and I kind of start looking and everything. And I've got like scratches all over my shoulders and everything. And I know like those girls were like, I'm never talking to you again. But I kind of had this moment where I, for some reason in my mind, I mean, as a first grader, I'm not kidding, as a first grader, I thought I was a big deal. And immediately when I began to think that way, I started falling. And that's what this verse says, first pride, then crash. The bigger the ego, the harder the fall. But humility is the precursor to honor. Proverbs 18, 12. Pride comes before a fall, but humility is a precursor to honor. Proverbs 11:2 says pride leads to disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. Now here's what it looks like for us. Pride comes when we're putting ourselves first, when we're putting ourselves ahead of anyone else, when we're trying to build up ourselves, we're trying to build up our own kingdom, we're trying to make ourselves awesome. You look back at the life of David. We talked about him a couple months ago, that the life of David, and near the end of his life, one of the things he did is he said, hey, I want you to go out. He's telling one of his guys, he said, I want you to go out and I want you to count how many military men I've got. And they said, why would you do that? And he says, just go out and do it. And the whole reason he was doing it was because he wanted to see just how big the kingdom was that he built. And if you look back at this story, you look back and see how it cost him. And actually, he had, he had this remorse, and a prophet had come to him and said, you did this out of pride. And God knows that you did it out of pride, and because of that, you have one of three choices. You can go and read the story. And it ended up, he got, uh, some people got disease, and lots, tens of thousands of people died in his kingdom, all because he had this pride of saying, I want to see how big my kingdom is that I've built up in my life. And you'll come across people through your entire life, as a junior high student, as a high school student, as a college student, as an adult, all the way to the end of life, who they're all about seeing how big of a kingdom they can build to make other people look at them and say, wow, how amazing. If you've been around on the weekends, you've heard the stories about, uh, we've look, been looking at Daniel and, and these kings that build this, this shrine to themselves, right? This, this statue to themselves, and all this happens in these moments, and they say, you can only pray to me, or you have to bow before me, or those kind of things, and constantly we're doing that. No matter how big of a deal we are, how little of a deal we are, we're constantly saying, but what about me? Is anybody looking at me? Is anybody focused on me? For some of you, it happens almost all on social media. 
You're constantly checking how many people have liked it, how many people have commented, what's it gonna take to get more likes? What, what kind of picture do I have to post that people will like? And you're, you won't post certain things because you know people won't like that if you post certain things. And you don't want people to think a certain way about you. You don't want them to, to do certain things. You would never want them to know certain things about you and you would never post a picture where you don't look a certain way because you know what, they just might not like it as much and I wanna do whatever I can to get as many likes and that's your shrine, that's your, that's your way of saying I just wanna create this. For some people, it's sports, it's their shrine. You just say, I just, wanna, I just wanna be a big deal. For some people, it's education. You wanna get a job, you wanna make tons of money. And by the way, not, those things aren't necessarily bad, but we do it for the wrong reasons. We do it because it's all about I. It's all about what people think of me. But what if we turned it and we changed it? And here's my suggestion. Here's how to kill pride. Here's how to defeat pride. Number one is put God first. Put God first. In the book of John, it's talking about John, uh, a guy named John the Baptist, not because he went to a Baptist church, but because he baptized people. Um, and, and, he, and he had been baptizing people, and then Jesus comes on the scene and starts, and people start following Jesus. And John's disciples come to him, and they say, but, but he's taking all of your disciples. All the people that were following you are now following him. And do you guys know what his response was? He made one statement that if you can get this tonight, it'll change everything. He said, he said this about Jesus. He said, he must become greater and greater and I must become less and less. When all the disciples were saying, all these people that are following you that thought you were everything are now following him and John goes, yeah, that's how it's supposed to be. That's how it's supposed to be. Because through my life and through everything I've been doing, it's supposed to be pointing to him. That's all I was here for anyways, was to be pointing to him. So now that people are following him, that's what they're supposed to be doing. Let me ask you a question. Does your life point other people to him? Or do you wanna keep your following? Do you wanna keep people looking at you? Or what if for a couple weeks you said, I'm not gonna post one picture about myself, I'm just gonna post pictures about Jesus. I'm not gonna snap myself anymore. I'm gonna make a snap about Jesus. I'm gonna try it for a week. I'm gonna try it for two weeks. I'm gonna try it for a month. I'm gonna stop pointing people to me and I'm gonna start pointing people to Jesus and just see what happens. Not to be weird, not to be crazy, but because I, I need to realize that it's not about me because it has been about me. You know what, in my sports, I've been trying to make it about me, but I'm gonna start making it about him. How can I make it about him? And I'm just gonna continue to say, I give God all the glory, and God, I need you today. In this game, I need you today. In this sport, in this test, and whatever it might be, in your realm of life, you just say, how can I point to Jesus instead of pointing to myself? If you can get that principle, it'll change everything. The way to kill pride, put God first. Put others next. Philippians chapter two says this, if you've gotten anything out of following Christ, if his love has made any difference in your life, if being in a community of the spirit means anything to you, if you have a heart, if you care, then do me a favor, this is what Paul's saying. Agree with each other, love each other, be deep-spirited friends, don't push your way to the front, don't sweet, sweet talk your way to the top, put yourself aside and help others get ahead. Help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourself long enough to lend a helping hand. How can I point to Jesus? And he says this, think of yourselves the way Christ Jesus thought of himself. He had equal status with God, but he didn't think so much of his, himself that he had to cling to the advantages of the status no matter what 
not at all. When the time came, he set aside the privileges of deity and took on the status of a slave. He became human. Having become human, he stayed human. It was an incredibly humbling process. He didn't claim to have special, special privileges. Instead, he lived a selfless, selfless, obedient life and died a selfless, obedient death, the worst kind of death at that, a crucifixion. Because of that obedience, God lifted him high and honored him far beyond anyone or anything ever so that all created beings in heaven and on earth, even those who long ago dead and buried, will bow in worship before Jesus Christ and call out in praise that he is the master of all the glory, to the glorious honor of God the Father. So start thinking of yourself the way Jesus thought of himself. He was obedient and put others first even to the point of death, death on a cross. Put God first, put others next. And what you might think I'm gonna say is put yourself third. I'm not gonna say that. I'm gonna say just don't worry about yourself. If you put God first and you put others next because Jesus said the greatest commandment is love God and love others. If you could put God first and you put others next, then you don't have to worry about yourself. God will take care of all that stuff and you don't have to stress about yourself. You don't have to stress about what other people think about you because all you care about is what they think of God and how you're gonna put them and push them forward and encourage them and move them up and make a bigger deal of them as you're making a bigger deal of God than anyone else. So none of the rest of it matters. James chapter four, it said, God opposes the proud. I ended with that, but here's what it says. It says, but he gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves before God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come close to God and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Who are you trying to impress? It says, let there be tears for what you've done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up in honor. The way we kill pride is to humble ourselves before the Lord. And if you'll do that, take the eye out of the center, say the world doesn't revolve around me and God, you must become greater in my life and I must become less and less. If you and I can grasp that, it'll change everything. It'll change everything. Because pride is a killer. Pride causes destruction in every area of your life, and the hardest part about it is you're constantly told that it's okay. All of you are constantly told that it's okay. It's okay, because you see it around you all the time. Everyone pointing at themselves. Everyone saying, it's me, it's me, it's all about me. But what if you were just saying, it's all about him? 